So in this episode of the pharmacogenomics podcast, we are going to discuss the vastly important and under-researched one-third of patients diagnosed with epilepsy that experience pharmacoresistance. What this means is that these patients are drug resistant and often multi-drug resistant to the 25 anti-epileptic drugs that are currently on the market. Drug resistant epilepsy is associated with increased medical costs and use of emergency department resources. Although epilepsy is a fairly common neurological condition, approximately 60% of these di- those diagnosed with epilepsy have an unknown cause. And with an unknown cause, there lies a lot of uncertainty and trial and error in treating these seizures. Seizures either originate from a specific part of the brain, creating focal or localized seizures, or they are generalized and affect both hemispheres of the brain simultaneously. Anti-epileptic medications either boost inhibitory or attenuate excitatory neurotransmitters to essentially lessen their activity. Drug-resistant epilepsies tend to be unresponsive right at the beginning of anti-epileptic drug treatments. Even with attempts at multi-dose and drug combinations, patients are often still resistant to treatment. And although lipophilic drugs, such as most anti-epileptics, penetrate the blood-brain barrier more readily, we still have a large group of people with drug-resistant epilepsy. There is also increased risk associated with the trial and error process of combining multiple anti-epileptics at different dosages. Patients may experience adverse side effects such as sleepiness, lack of energy, cognitive or memory impairment, as well as metabolic side effects and disturbed liver function. And although serum monitoring for therapeutic dosing helps regulate adverse effects, it does not tend to change the end result of drug resistance, also indicating that it may not be an absorption or metabolizing problem. There are two major hypotheses regarding the large percentage of patients with drug-resistant epilepsy. In the transporter hypothesis, there are enhanced or overexpression of drug transporters in the blood-brain barrier whose function is multi-drug efflux. This impairs access of anti-epileptic drugs to the central nervous system, resulting in low concentrations that are ineffective against seizures. Another hypothesis is the target hypothesis, which suggests a change to the drug targets or receptors resulting in reduced anti-epileptic drug sensitivity. Due to the high amount of drug and multi-drug resistant epilepsy to the many anti-epileptics that are absorbed and metabolized differently, the idea of pharmacoresistance goes beyond the way the drug functions in the body and instead if it is transported appropriately. What I'd like to focus on more heavily is the transporter theory. Let's get into a little patho regarding drug transports. Peak glycoprotein is the plasma membrane protein that transports drugs out of the cell. Those expressed in barrier and elimination organs has protective and excretatory functions and plays an important role in elimination of orally administered drugs to limit their bioavailability. In humans, peak glycoprotein is one of the ABC family members and is encoded by the MDR1, ABCB1, and MDR2, ABCB4 genes located on chromosome 7Q21. The ABC family is a large group of proteins comprised of membrane transporters, ion channels, and receptors. P-glycoprotein modulates drug distribution and disposition. 
there is well-established evidence to support there is a certain genotype with increased expression of P-glycoprotein in the intestines. And the suggestion was made that it may also be associated with increased expression at the blood-brain barrier, ultimately leading to decreased concentrations of anti-epileptics. P-glycoprotein also has broad substrate specificity and variable intrinsic and drug-induced expression. Antiepileptics that are found to be substrates of P-glycoprotein are carbamazepine, phenytoin, phenobarbital, and lamictal. Again, there have not been enough studies and study replications for the transporter theory regarding increased expression of P-glycoprotein in humans and being able to validate that theory at this time. Um, but there have been studies conducted with animals. It was found that animals that were deficient in the ABCB1 gene, the one that encodes P-glycoprotein, exhibited neurological and fetal drug toxicity because of the breach in the blood-brain barrier, as well as the blood placenta bar barrier, in which the glycoprotein is normally quite active. A deletion to the same gene was identified as the cause of the non-functioning allele, and this led to changes in veterinary medicine. What would be necessary in validating the drug transporter theory would be to find higher levels of P-glycoprotein in the blood-brain barrier for patients that have drug-resistance epilepsy than those that do not. Since 2003 and the publication of the human genome, many advances in medicine and technology have begun, including the idea of personalized medicine. Basing medication administration on the human genome is not a new idea, but it is progressing at a speedy rate. The current approach to personalized or targeted treatment requires the identification of underlying causative genetic alteration, determination of the functional alteration of the physiological system caused by mutation, and evaluation of the effective treatment intended and able to reverse or inhibit the alteration. In regard to the transporter hypothesis, the genetic alteration or mutation to the ABCB1 gene causing overexpression of P-glycoprotein in the blood-brain barrier would need to be identified. Patients with epilepsy would need to be tested for this mutation, and there would need to be a treatment in place to suppress or inhibit the overexpression of the protein. What would be beneficial for patients with epilepsy is using the human genome to predict patients that will likely be refractory to the current anti-epileptic drugs prior to the lengthy trial and error process that many patients have to go through. Other options can be offered to these patients at an earlier stage in diagnosis if providers knew that they were not going to respond to the medications that we have. Surgery is generally the next step for multi-drug resistant epilepsy, but this is really only an option for those with focal epilepsy. Um, that just have seizures in one part of the brain. This method can have up to 60 to 70% success with patients becoming seizure-free. Brain surgery is risky, but it has progressed quite a bit um, to the point that there is minimally invasive brain surgery for epilepsy called laser ablation. Again, there is only a small percentage of patients with focal epilepsy that are candidates for this brain surgery. A lot of patients with epilepsy have generalized seizures in both hemispheres of the brain, or the focal seizure occurs in a part of the brain that would be too risky for surgery. Other options include neuromodulation or neurostimulation devices, 
and CBD oil has been approved by the FDA for treating two debilitating pediatric epilepsy syndromes. To end this podcast episode, I'd like to just reiterate that although research into the ABCB1 gene variations, P-glycoprotein overexpression, and how this may affect response of epileptic patients to the available anti-epileptic drugs has started, there's not enough research to definitively say this is a contributing cause to pharmacoresistance. It may be important in the future treatment of drug-resistant epilepsy to have genetic screening that will help predict response to anti-epileptic drugs, and this may be the start to that. I think that continued research is necessary prior to establishing if genetic screening would be even useful in this type of situation with um, patients that are experiencing drug-resistant epilepsy. But I think that this would be a great place to have pharmacogenomics affect the outcome of these patients and their treatment plan. Thank you.